Hello, hello, and welcome to the Canadian Football Countdown. I'm Ryan Coop here alongside Trey Colbeck and Adam Stewart. Welcome one and all to our week two preview show here on the Canadian Football Countdown, taking a look at the storylines, the fantasy options, and the best bets available for week two in the CFL. We are here live uh, on uh, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, uh, or if you're catching this in the podcast feed afterwards, hello, happy to have you here uh, as we talk through week two in the CFL. Before bringing the rest of the panel, I do want to mention we are a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network, and as always, want to acknowledge that the Canadian Football Countdown is brought to you from Treaty 1 territory, traditional territory of the Anishinaabe Creek. Ojukri, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and the homeland of the Métis Nation, as well as from Treaty 4 territory, traditional territory of the Cree, Soto, Dakota, Lakota, Nakota, and Métis Nation. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Game Time TV. Uh, check out uh, facebook.com slash MB for more on our presenting sponsor. Now let's bring in the other members of the panel. First, it's the great Adam Stewart. Adam, how are you doing tonight? Well, uh, I don't know. Tell me in 20 minutes here uh, after the Tampa-Colorado series. I, uh, I'm i not sure really quite yet just because uh, I think it's tied 3-3 unless I haven't checked the score again lately. But uh, yeah, it's uh, getting to be a barn burner down in Denver. Yes, uh, the start of the Stanley Cup Finals. My Tampa Bay Lightning going against Adams, uh, Colorado Avalanche should be a lot of fun. Uh, and a lot of fun football to talk about here as well. Also joining us to do so, the great Trey Colbeck. Trey, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic, guys. Uh, no skin in the hockey game, but, you know, like we're really looking excited to your guys' uh, uh, little banter as we're uh, recording over the third period here. So let's get it going. Right on. Well, we've got a lot to talk about here as we preview week number two. So let's start off with the storylines for each of these games. Uh, Adam, take it away with game number one here. Uh, What are the main storylines for uh, Montreal and Toronto, the first game of the week, Thursday night? Well, of course, it's Toronto's home opener starting at 530 Central. Going to be a good game in Toronto. Hopefully uh, the crowd comes out to this one just like they did to BC. And we have a full house in Toronto. I can hope. Uh, Earlier in the week, uh, of course, some of the storylines in this one, Montreal is going to be with William Stanback. This will be his first game without him for quite a little while here. And over on the Toronto side of ball, uh, there's a lot of new faces on this team. Uh, McCall Bethel-Thompson's your starting quarterback. You've got uh, Brandon Banks in there now coming over from the uh, much unfavored uh, Hamilton Tiger Cats from back in the day. Uh, also, you've got Andrew Harris, one of the best running backs, probably, arguably, one of the rest, best uh, running backs in the Canadian Football League coming over to Toronto this year. Guys, which player are you most excited about seeing on the Toronto Argonauts and how they're going to fit in with the Argos? I'll, I'll go with Speedy B. Um, I think he's the most interesting. I am interested in Harris, but I'll leave that one for Ryan to talk more about. But I just want to see how Brandon Banks was, you know, the last couple of great cups have been not his greatest games in his long CFL career. So I want to see how he bounces back this year with the new team and see how it goes. How about you, Ryan? Well, first of all, I want to give a quick shout out to a guy in the YouTube chat here, Simon Potter. He followed a lot of my fantasy content last season and happy to see him over here 
uh, following along with our weekly preview. We'll talk a lot of fantasy stuff later, and I'm sure we'll talk about each of these guys as part of it. But I'm, you know, I am also interested in seeing what Andrew Harris does in Winnipeg, or sorry, in Toronto. I'm used to seeing him in Winnipeg, uh, but uh, to me, it's McLeod Bethel Thompson because. Uh, he, like I've said on our preview shows, he has been the 1A, 1B kind of backup guy going into camp year after year here. And uh, I think he's got some qualities to show that he is the number one guy. He had a full training camp, an extra week of preparation to do so. He's got so uh, he's got some great talent surrounding him here. I know a couple of guys are injured, but I, uh, I really... You know, this is a make or break year for him, it feels like, right? Because now it's his shot. He's got everything he needs to succeed. Can he go out there and do it? We know what Andrew Harris is capable of. We know what Brandon Banks is capable of. This year we see what McLeod Bethel Thompson is truly capable of. No, I have to agree. I think the one guy that I'm most interested, though, of is to see uh, what Brandon Banks has left. I'm sure he wants to prove himself after kind of a down year last year in Hamilton. Uh, wants to make sure that he's still known as one of the best receivers in this league. And I think he's got a point to prove. Uh, he wants to probably go out there and say to Hamilton, hey, just like Jeremiah Mazzoli, look what you guys are missing right now. So I think it really myself that uh, Brandon Banks is the guy that I'm going to be really watching uh, this week. Uh, be interesting to see what we say about him in fantasy later on here. So uh, the second little story that I've got for you, and I'm going to only go one uh, storyline per team, guys, just so you all know out there. Uh, we did three last week. It got a little long. So I'm going to do two, one for each team. For the Montreal Alouettes, again, like I said before, Vernon Adams had a fairly good game last time. Uh, same thing with William Stanback. And I guess the owner, Gary Stern, decided to say, geez, you know, we're pretty good. Uh we don't have William Stanback anymore, but you know what? We're still going to go out and kill the Toronto Argonauts. Now, uh, if you didn't see me, I uh, put kill in quotations. Got a little bit of grief from that. Uh, the Argonauts, I guess, might get a little bit of bill, uh, uh, what do you call locker room board material. Uh, guys, what did you think of Gary Stern trying to uh, hype up his alouettes? Yeah, I... I mean, I like it. Uh, what is he going to go out there and do and say, oh, yeah, I think we'll win by a rouge or I think we'll win by a field goal. Kill was maybe a bit of a strong word here, but I like the owner hyping up his team. You know, they especially coming off a week, they had a close loss against Calgary. They lost the biggest piece, of, arguably, on their team in William Standback. You know, get the owner in there, give him a rallying cry and let Let's go. Now, hopefully this doesn't backfire and lead to rallying the Argos a little bit against them. But uh, I kind of I like this from Gary Stern here. Uh, what about you, Trey? No, I love it, too. That's the stuff uh, fans like to see. Again, maybe the word kill 2022, we might have tried to, you know, do something different. But, you know, I still love it. That's what you want to see. It's all that UFC, WWE talk that, you know, makes people watch those sports, right? You do want to see it in other sports. So, I would love to see, uh, I don't know if Tannenbaum's going to come out and say anything for the Argonauts, but I want to see someone high up on the Argonauts uh, executive uh, box there uh, come back with something, maybe, if, especially if they win. Well, Tannenbaum will come out and say something on behalf of the Argos, but I don't think it's what any of us want to hear. <laughs> I think I think Larry's done enough talking for a little while now. So, uh, yeah, no, I loved it too. I mean, uh, when you're owner or you're uh, – Let's face it, you see what Victor Quee's doing out with Edmonton. He's out in the open and he's talking about his team and trying to get everybody excited. 
and hyped up about the or about the uh, Edmonton Elks. Uh, it's great to see uh, Gary Stern doing the exact same thing, just getting guys excited about the Alouettes. And uh, let's face it, they're they're a pretty good rival with the Argonauts. That's going to be a pretty fun game to watch on a Thursday night. Moving on now is uh, Friday night football. Unless you guys have anything else that you wanted to just quickly bring up with the Argonauts or the Alouettes. The one thing I just wanted to quickly mention was obviously is the change at running back here because William Stanback goes on the six-game injured list. He'll be out for a while. Uh, again, I wouldn't be surprised if injury-wise it's for the whole season. Looks like Jeshron Antwi is the only running back on the roster for this game, but the Alouettes did make a trade this week to bring in Walter Fletcher of the Edmonton Elks. And I said this on Twitter, I love this deal. I was very high on what I saw from Fletcher in the uh, limited time we saw him in Edmonton last season. I would have actually preferred to see him be the, you know, Edmonton save some money and go with Fletcher at running back this year. He stuck with James Wilder Jr., a great running back in his own right. But uh, if Stanback's out for a long time, it should be interesting to see going forward here, uh, you know, how they balance out the carries between these two guys in Montreal. Oh yeah, no, I agree. I, I liked the, I liked what Antwi did at the last week, but again, you have to get depth and that's a very good storyline to watch. It's uh, kind of going to have to watch both running backs, I think, you know, cause we don't know what we're going to see with uh, Andrew Harris. So I'm really excited for this game. This was one too. We'll talk about later with betting. I'm not too sure for a couple games this week, how the betting lines are going to go. And this could be one where it could be a one point game or it could be a blowout either way. I wouldn't be shocked really. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it could go either way on this one here. And uh, with uh, with William Stanback in, being injured, it'd be interesting also, like you say before, uh, on fantasy. Would a guy take Antwi from the guy? Might think about it. It's definitely an option, and he's a fairly reasonable running back. Although I see he's gone way up this week for, for some unknown reason. Maybe starting or something. Anyways, uh, let's move on to the next game here. That's going to be at uh, 5.30 again Central Time. Uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers head out over to uh, TD Place Stadium uh, to take on the Ottawa Red Blacks as a rematch of last week. Uh, both teams looked, uh, the Ottawa Red Blacks really looked pretty solid for their first outing. Uh, what are you guys expecting to see out of the Ottawa Red Blacks this week? And keep in mind, they're starting to get a few injuries in there as well. Uh, William Powell is still questionable. Uh, and they've got a few other guys in their list that are starters that are very questionable about starting this week. Uh, what are you guys thinking about Ottawa for this week? Uh, I'm, what was you, Trey? Yeah, I'm, I'm, again, as a Bomber fan, deep down, I'm a little scared. Uh, you know, they only won by not too much last, or two points last week, and coming back into it, and the Bombers have a few injuries of their own they have to sort out, and uh, like officially, Caleros has the red cross beside him too, so you got to look at things like that. So I don't know. I could definitely see Ottawa winning this game at home and putting Winnipeg at one and one and Ottawa getting themselves to one and one. Ryan, what about you? Yeah, this is where we're going to truly see what Ottawa is made of. Maybe not truly. I guess it's two games into the season. You're playing the defending champs twice here, but we saw them put up a real good effort and probably should have won that game against Winnipeg last week. The thing I'm watching is can Ottawa fix up those those mistakes they made? Because I count maybe, you know, a handful of big mistakes, drops, you know, dropped interception, maybe a penalty taken here or there. That turned the tide of the game just enough for Winnipeg to pull out the win. It's a fresh new team that's trying to build the chemistry here. 
So how can Ottawa build off of that? You've got a tough matchup against the same team. Uh, there was no real footage on this, this Ottawa team as a unit coming into week one, whereas you could basically see most of Winnipeg from last season. They lost a couple pieces, sure. But now, okay, you've got you've played against this Ottawa team if you're Winnipeg. You've got a bit of footage on them as well. So how does Ottawa adjust, clean up those mistakes, uh, and try to take this one at home in the rematch? Oh, I agree, and I'm just taking a look here on the CFL.ca injury report page. William Powell is definitely going to be out against the uh, Ottawa Red or against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers this week. So uh, Williams will get another start here uh, for the Ottawa Red Blacks. So we'll see what the young guy can do with his opportunities. Um, I think that Ottawa is probably going to be just as strong as they were last week. Uh, let's face it; it's the home opener. It's a little bit more excitement and. Uh, I don't know what it is. When you go into Ottawa, it's always a fun place to play in. And uh, I think a lot of teams enjoy going to their trip out to, uh, to Ottawa. So uh, that being said, over on the Winnipeg side, I think lots of talk has been about Zach Caleros and his health a little bit. Uh, I don't see him not playing this game just because I, it sounds like he's all right. He was more annoyed at the uh, spotter for pulling him, even though that's the job of the spotter. Uh, the other guy that's going to be playing, though, this weekend, starting for the Blue Bombers, is Jackson Jeffcoat. What does Jeffcoat bring to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers uh, that they didn't have last week against Ottawa? Uh, Ryan, you go first this time. Yeah, that's huge if you can get Jeffcoat back in the lineup. We saw Jeremiah Mazzoli have so much time in that backfield the last game uh, to make those big plays happen. He's also got great legs. He can move around quickly in and out of the pocket, and when you can have Willie Jefferson on one side, Jackson Jeffcoat on the other, and uh, what is it, Jake Thomas, Casey Sales, I think it is in the middle, plus, you know, the linebacker you've got there. Like, that's going to make a big difference to have, you know, guys coming at you from both ends there. So, you know, Jackson Jeffcoat, I think is, you know, Willie Jefferson gets a little, probably more praise in the Winnipeg defense than Jeffcoat does. But I think Jeffco's just right up there as one of the top pass rushers in the league. So I think that's going to make a huge difference to turn the tide of things. They did great in the run defense last week, not so much in the pass defense. And I think having him back is going to help. Uh, what do you think, Trey? No, yeah, I agree. I was actually really uh, disappointed. Not disappointed, but I just wasn't feeling their pa uh, pass rush last week. Felt like Jefferson really wasn't in there. The only time I feel like they really got in Mazzoli's face is when they blitz. And nine times out of ten, he got the ball away for a big play. So... I think adding Jeffco will definitely be a huge improvement. And uh, yeah, I don't know about you guys, where you guys watch when you're at a game, but I try to watch the D line every play. And I, yeah, like I said, I just felt like Hamilton owned the pass game. They made a good pocket. Yeah, their run defense could have been better, but you know, you don't need much of a run if Mazzoli's going to throw 40 yards to Ackland over everybody, right? So not, um, yeah, Ackland, right? So, you know, it's going to, yeah. So I think it'll definitely be a big, uh, a big improvement. You know, it seemed like last year when Willie Jefferson and when Jackson Jeffcoat was in there, it was a beautiful one-two punch for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And that's what got him through a lot and, like, put a lot of pressure on quarterbacks, uh, no matter which which quarterback it was, really, for that matter. So having Jackson Jeffcoat back is absolutely huge for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers this week. Uh, I can't see how they uh, can't put a little bit more pressure on Jeremiah Mazzoli and get him a little bit more uncomfortable in that uh, backfield this week. So uh, anything else you guys want to run through on the uh, Red Blacks and the Blue Bombers? Uh, Trey? 
No, I'm pretty good. I think that it's going to be a good rematch. You know, I'm actually really excited to see. And like I said, I, I think it could be a coin flip either way. Who's actually going to come out with this one. So yeah, pretty, pretty set on it. Brian, anything else? Yeah, I, I think I want to see some players step up on the Winnipeg side of the offensive side of the ball that had kind of down games. We'll talk about that a little more in the fantasy segment later, who I'm looking to see more from there. But uh, all in all, I really wonder what this game's going to bring. We saw an early season uh, head-to-head matchup between Winnipeg and Toronto last season. Winnipeg looked good in the first game and went into Toronto, and the Argos took the win, big win there. So could we see the same here between Winnipeg and Ottawa? No, I agree. The one player actually that I'm looking to see step up on this game would be Nick Dembski. He did not have a great game against the uh, Red Blacks last time, so I expect him to actually have a pretty good game this week. So be interesting to see what happens there for the Winnipeg side of the ball, especially, like you said, on the offense. So our next game of the week is the doubleheader on Saturday, I believe. Uh, that will start with the Hamilton Tiger Cats hosting the Calgary Stampeders. Uh, that game there in uh, the old Timbit uh, Dome or also known as Tim Hortons Field. Uh, the f- first thing is uh, Dane Evans uh, had a uh, uh, congratulations to him, had a healthy baby girl this, uh, I believe it was yesterday, uh, was back at practice today. But guys, how much do you think that maybe you could throw a guy off uh, in your first game back uh, just because, you know, now I've got a kid on the field? <laughs> Trey, you go first. Yeah, as a father of three boys, I can definitely understand that. Um, yeah, good for him to be back on the field. Good for his uh, wife or partner, I don't know nowadays, to uh, let him go back out there and uh, take care of the kid on her own first week. Uh, but yeah, I think it, it definitely could weigh on you because you want to, you see those guys who go out and have, you know, a 500-yard game and he might want to try to do that too much for his new daughter. Could be in his head. You don't never know about sleep. Yeah, I do not envy him right now. Uh It'd be tough enough having a six, seven, eight-year-old uh, and then trying to get your game film and do everything ready, let alone a two-day-old. So good for him to being out there. But, uh, yeah, it's the game off the field uh, for him this week. Ryan? Yeah, I don't know what's uh, going to be more in his head. Uh, obviously, thinking about that or uh, thinking about the beatdown he took uh, from the Saskatchewan Rough Riders defensive line last week, right? Dane Evans has got to have a bounce-back game here. You know, if they start real slow to this season and you've got, you know, you go a couple games in, he's not playing well. Meanwhile, Jeremiah Mazzoli's throwing almost 300 yards over in Ottawa. The critics are going to keep coming out more and more. And and I don't think it's fair to judge that necessarily based on a couple of games. Uh, But uh, rough week last week, some big life news, big things to deal with for him this week. Let's see, maybe that motivates them to go out there and light it up in this matchup with Stampeders on, uh, what is it, Saturday, I believe? Yep, on Saturday there. So, yeah, no, I agree. I think that he'll be, I think he'll actually be more focused, if anything, now, because let's face it, when he was in Regina, he probably had that in the back of his mind. Geez, maybe I should be at home right now because you never know. Maybe something's happening or where, and then, oh, gee, I got uh, Robertson on top of me. So, he, uh, he had to do, uh, like I said, he probably had a little bit on his mind last week. Let's see if he recovers again this week. And um, let's hope that he plays the full game instead of having to see Matthew Schultz come in in the last series. Speaking of that, uh, Bo Levi Mitchell uh, for the Calgary Stampeders has a foot injury right now. He did full practice all week because I've taken a look at that here on the injury reports. Uh, 
However, that being said, if he shows any sign of any issue, when do you go and say to Bo, we've got Jake Mahar on the sideline. When do you decide to pull the, uh, pull the trigger and put Mahar in there? Uh, Brian, you go first on this one. Oh, I hate that you made me go first on this one. Cause I don't know, to be honest. Uh, I can't disagree with Trey here. Um, you know, it's a delicate balance because Bo Levi Mitchell has earned himself a spot uh, and earned himself a bad game here or there uh, with his record over his career. And I think Bo Levi Mitchell's got a bit of an ego to him also, uh, which may be warranted based on his success level in his career where, you know, okay, Bo starts having a bad game here. You know, how how little is the leash? How does Dave Dickinson manage this relationship that he's built, built over so many years here? You know Bo Levi Mitchell, even when he's injured, is going to try to still get himself back out there on the field to play in these games. How does Dave Dickinson manage this to go and say, uh, like I know Dickinson will say, and I think he has said, I'm comfortable with either quarterback going out there. If Bo is healthy, Bo will be the guy. I don't think he has any problem putting Jake Mayer out there, but uh, he's going to have uh, you know a lot to deal with with his uh, star quarterback here, uh, trying to push to get himself back out there again. So I, I think that at this point in the season, it's early. I think the leash is still long, but as the season goes along, I think it's going to get shorter and shorter if uh, injury-wise or otherwise, Bo can't get production out there on the field. No, I agree as well. I don't... I'm trying to separate my personal feelings more to what's going to actually happen. Because if I was playing CFL Madden right now, I, Bo would not be my starter simply because I want a guy with a little bit more of a mobility and it looked like it was his ankle, right? And you're right, it's a long season, but do you want Bo to be healthy for week two against the Ticats or do you want Bo to be healthy first week of playoffs against Saskatchewan, Winnipeg, BC, probably not Edmonton? So, you know... That, that's that's the balance, right? But, of course, you could also win those games late in the year with Mayer as well. So I would personally not even start him, and I would really watch on fantasy if you're going to debate to put the, the gunslinger in as your quarterback because he might get a half in. But, hey, I was going to ask Adam about this. There's a guy on the tie cats we know that likes to, you know, play to the whistle. So maybe he goes for that. And, he, you know, you never know. Things like that could happen, right? And... Um, maybe Bo put it on, put his boot on the wrong foot at practice, right? So that's a little misdirection, you never know. But yeah, I'd watch Bo. I'd watch him. You know, his arm looked fine last week, but now that was, uh, does anyone remember which foot it was? Was it his, because I feel like that messes up your throat. It's his planning foot. It's his planning foot, right? So yeah, that, uh, yeah, that definitely is something to watch out for. So I'm going to ask the chat and also ask you guys in one, It's just, this is a real quick one. This is a yes or no question. Is there a quarterback controversy in Calgary two weeks into the season? Ryan, you go first. No, I don't think there is. Not at this point. I think there could be down the stretch, but at this point, it's Bo's team. Like I said, I th- I think it is until until the it starts getting into desperation mode. True. I uh, should be, but no. I think like I agree with Ryan. It's going to be Bo's team until Bo says he can't play anymore, and I think that'll be the undoing of the Calgary Stampeders. So. Yeah, I kind of agree with both of you. I think that uh, it's Bo or go or it's Bo or bust. I think right now, still for the Calgary Stampeders, and uh, even though I think Jake Mahar is more than capable of taking over the reins, uh, I think no, it's right now. It's still Bo's team. 
However, you know what? You give me a bad outing for Bo Levi Mitchell once or twice in a row, and um, we might be having to revisit this. Uh, chat, though, if you get a chance, uh, say yes or no if you think there's a quarterback controversy over in Calgary. Yeah, right, of course, and if, and if you're listening to the podcast version afterwards, let us know on yeah. Twitter, at CF Countdown Pod, uh, weigh in on uh, this topic and many others. While we're while we're on Hamilton, do we want to touch quickly on just Simone Lawrence getting a fine? Is this the time to do yeah. it? Like no, you know, I agree. yeah. To me, I, like with Simone Lawrence, I mean, I expected the fine. I was hoping for the suspension. Uh, I, he got exactly what I thought he was going to get. He was going to get a league fine. He was just going to get kind of a thing saying, "Hey, don't do that anymore." Uh, Simone Lawrence is kind of laughing about it earlier on Twitter, uh, telling Dave Naylor, "Well, I haven't heard that I got a fine yet, but." Uh, probably got a fine. He doesn't realize it because he hasn't looked at his game check yet. Nevertheless, uh, like I said, I did. I thought maybe the CFL would finally put the foot down and send a message. But, uh, you know what? It's it's week one. I understand that, this, let's face it, if they were going out or doing something else. But, you know what? It, it's what it is. Brian? Yeah, I expected the fine. I wasn't expecting the suspension here either. I think we talked about that on our recap show a couple of days ago as well, that, you know, we want these hits to stop, but it, it seems like the type of thing that uh, we're typically not going to see a suspension. Uh, if he does it again in a couple of weeks, then uh, maybe we're talking at that point. But uh, should it have gotten a suspension? I think so, probably. D- am I surprised it didn't? No, not at all. Okay. Yeah, no, I agree. That's what we said last week. And it just got me thinking, do you think it would have been a difference if it was like Bo Levi or a different guy? Or do you think, because I mean, you know, Fajardo's the top quarterback in Saskatchewan, but he doesn't have that. No. Okay. Doesn't have that league recognition like other guys do. And we see that a lot in the NFL, right? Where you hit Tom Brady like that, you're probably missing half the season or Patrick Mahomes. But if you're hitting the third string backup on, you know, Baltimore or on, uh, on Jaguars, you're probably not going to miss any time. Right. So, I, that was my only thing because, like, Fajardo, I think, gets a little bit of uh, not as much love across the league as he should, right? So, but anyway. Yeah, we'll you know, on. the way I look at that, though, is, I mean, I, I always – I hope the league isn't doing it by via the star. I mean, let's face it, Simone Lawrence, in that case, probably is a bigger star. Um, he all of a sudden say, oh, well, we're not suspending Simone Lawrence, even though he pretty much took somebody's head off. Uh, so, to me, yeah, no, I, I hope the CFL isn't doing that. And I still think that if it was Bo – or if it was Cody, or if it was Zach. Uh, either way, I don't think it would have mattered. But one thing I do want to bring up, every time the Simone Lawrence nails a quarterback in the first game of the season, they end up winning the Grey Cup. So, you know, there's that part. I just thought I'd throw that out there, Trey. So, uh, you just anyway. hanging on to anything, uh, any any hopes you can there for the season, uh, Adam? Or uh, You know what? I got to get myself excited over something, right? So... Adam's Nevertheless, uh, we're moving on to the uh, last game of the week. Uh, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are going to go and travel out to Brickfield in Edmonton to take on the Edmonton Elks. And uh, I think one of the biggest uh, storylines in this game uh, is Chris Jones. I think that he really wants to probably go and show the Saskatchewan Rough Riders that, hey, I'm still a really good coach in this league. Uh, if you're Chris Jones... How do you, which way do you tell your players and how they can win this game against the Rough Riders? And this is going to be a tough one, probably, because we've all said quite a bit of bad stuff about the Elks this last week and how kind of gruesome they were. How how can the Elks win this game this week? Uh, name one thing that they can do to win this game against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. 
Frank, you can go first. Name the one thing they can do to stop the Saskatchewan Rifles from winning is let stop like stop letting them get in the end zone. Like don't let their quarterback run in the end zone three or four times and don't let them throw it in three or four times. No, the defense has to be better. Um, and I don't know. We're talking about contra- or, uh, quarterback controversies. Nick Arbuckle does not have a leash. I don't think is not even anywhere close to Bo Levi. He's probably got one of the shortest in the league. So. Yeah, he's got to do better, but that defense has, has to do better. And that's, you know, and we'll talk about later, but looking at betting, I don't know how to look at this one because you want to think that Edmonton won't get blown out twice in a row, but at the same time, you don't know, right? So, yeah, their defense definitely has to be better. I think um, if they kept it to 20, 30 points, then you can make the argument that their offense should be able to score 20, 30 points. Not many games are we going to see uh, 60, 59, right? So, yeah, Ryan, what about you? The big thing to me is discipline. Like they took 120 something yards of penalties last game against BC. And yeah, the Lions put up some solid offense and some solid defense and some solid special teams all the way around and earned that victory themselves. But I think a lot of those drives of either the Elks drives were stalled due to penalties or the Lions drives continued due to them and gave them some nice position there. So you know Chris Jones is a no-nonsense kind of coach. You know he's not happy with this win. You know he's pre- got to be preaching discipline there in the locker room. And I think if we see another big Elks loss here and we see another 100-something yards worth of penalties, it's going to add up and, and guys are going to start seeing the bench or seeing their walking papers from Chris Jones. So I, I think if anything, that's what he's preaching this week is – Uh, A, discipline in terms of penalties, in terms of making sure you follow your assignments and things like that on the defense. You know, there's a lot here that the Elks are going to need to improve quickly uh, in order to win this game from what we saw last week. But it's the CFL. Anything can happen. And do I necessarily think that they're going to bounce back big this week? No. But again, We've seen crazier in the CFL. Uh, So Chris Jones better be getting them ready to go, especially for a home crowd here, right? Because all all that momentum of the offseason, they go and crap the bed over in week one in BC. Now you got your first home game. People have trusted what you've done this offseason and decided to come back to the stands. Do not disappoint them in your first game back at home, Edmonton. No, I agree. Uh, the thing I'm looking for is if they want to win this game against Saskatchewan, it's going to be take pressure off of the quarterback. And now I know what I said, quarterback, because it could be Trey Ford, it could be Nick Arbuckle, whoever it is. They, they gave him way too much pressure last week to deal with. Uh, James Wilder didn't have a great game at all for uh, running it, so they were just pretty much pinning their ears back and going for it, uh, BC. So I think with a team like Saskatchewan, especially because their defensive line looked absolutely atro- or just crazy last week, you've got to get the pressure off of your quarterback as quick as you can. And you've got some good pieces to do that with, with Kenny Lawler, with uh, Manny Arsenal. Like, there, there's some good pieces. Darrell Walker. There's some pieces that you can use to get that pressure off of the uh, off of the quarterback quickly. Make me make some quick uh, little slants or little uh, quick crossers. And try to do what you can to keep that pressure off of uh, your quarterback, because you know Saskatchewan is going to start sending sending the house if they sense anything going on there. Speaking of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, their offense was kind of okay last week. 
Uh, Cody Fernando had a great look like he had a great outing, 311 yards, but a lot of that was in the last little bit in the fourth quarter. Uh, the receiving core really didn't get going until uh, probably end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth with Shaq Evans. And now they're talking about a possible injury in Saskatchewan with uh, Duke Williams. So that could be big news for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders because they were using Duke Williams as the ultimate decoy last week. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, how concerned are you guys about the Saskatchewan Rough Riders uh, offense heading into week number two, right? Obviously a little bit concerned with the lack of production last week, given how dominant their defense was and put them in the position to succeed and to, you know, be, have what, 15 points on the board going into the final six, seven minutes, I think, despite that is definitely not what you want to see from an offense that I think is one of the deepest teams at wide receiver uh, and has one of the best quarterbacks in the game in Cody Fajardo. Duke Williams is out due to injury. Kyron Moore is already out due to injury. Maybe they're looking a little thinner there at wide receiver. But to me, that just uh, tells me that Shaq Evans' targets are going to go through the roof. I think I was reading earlier today, it was one of only a few wide receivers with more than 10 targets on the week last week. And, uh, well, maybe a lot more go his way here again. Uh I do still like some of the pieces they have, but as you mentioned, whether he's making the big catches or he's the decoy guy, Duke Williams does a lot for that offense. So maybe we need to see it in his absence, a little more leaning on the run game here against the Elks like BC with, did with James Butler last week. Not a lot for Jamal Morrow in the run game last week. I want to see more of that from him, but it's Jason Moss's offense. I'm not expecting it. Trey? Yeah, I'm not I'm not too concerned. Again, you gotta kinda of look at the opponent if maybe if they're playing Winnipeg or Toronto, a little bit more tougher defense, I'd be a little bit more worried. But I'm leaning towards Edmonton's gonna take a few weeks before they really get it going. I don't know if they're gonna win by uh I don't know if they're gonna get fifty nine points, but I think they'll get a I think they'll have their chance. This will be the game that I think Fajardo and the team uh need to get their offense going. It's a I don't want to call it a tune-up game, but you know, I think this is the game that they really need to come out on, come out firing. And I want Steve Ajardo make those deep throws and pick apart this defense. The one thing I'm going to watch on Saskatchewan side of the ball is again the run game. Last week it was not very strong at all. I uh, neither was Frankie, like Frankie Hickson. Jamal Morrow had some catches out of the backfield and was okay. But again, not very much in the run game. So I'm watching that offensive line to see if they can open up some uh, holes for the run game and also watching the run running backs themselves and uh, seeing what they can do. Uh, we seen last week that Edmonton kind of was a little weaker on the uh, defensive line and letting some runs get through. Of course, James Butler had a huge game last week. So it'll be interesting to see what the Saskatchewan Rough Riders could do this week to strategize. And I'm sure Jason Moss, as much as he is a throwing offensive coordinator, um, I'm sure he's probably going to try to run that run game a little bit more. Uh, you guys already touched on the discipline part of things. Usually it's Saskatchewan, actually, that's usually the most undisciplined team. Oddly enough, Jason Moss must have put his bat away and has not taken out his aggression on the Gatorade bottle yet. So that's always a good thing. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, The uh, any other game notes that you guys have here for uh, Edmonton or Saskatchewan? Ryan? No, nothing really. I just... I'm hoping that's a closer game for Edmonton. Uh, like I said before, you know, there are a lot of uh, 
diehard Elks fans and new Elks fans that are likely going to be there in the stadium. So uh, whether they win this one or not, I just want to see it a close competitive game uh, for the home opener for a team that did not win at home at all last year. So uh, not rooting against your riders here necessarily, but uh, rooting for a good game here for the Elks. No, again, I, I think it'll be closer, but I think the question that maybe we start looking at is, would Chris Jones be the first coach? I know he's a GM too, but is he going to be the first one on the hot seat if he goes, you know, 0-2 and Saskatchewan wins by 40-50? You know, that does not look good. And like you said, they're trying to build something there in Edmonton. I don't think he'd be gone yet, but, you know, it'd definitely be a good conversation him and the owner would be having. Yeah, I just I don't see Chris Jones going absolutely anywhere because I'm sure they must have backed a Brinks truck up to to uh, to get him essentially. And uh, that I mean, let's face it, two games into the season, I mean, yeah, if he has a terrible game here. However, I just you know what? Even as a Riders fan, I don't like watching blowouts. If it's on Saskatchewan side four or against uh, Saskatchewan, blowouts are never fun for any team. I mean, even watching on DSN, it's boring after a while. Because you're just like, okay, we're getting on to the next game. Let's get on to it. Because it, it, it just ruins any flow of the game. It's just ends up getting chippy and ends up getting with injuries and all sorts of stuff. Let's hope that just for the Edmonton fans as well and for the Ryder fans uh, that this is a close game and that it goes right down to the wire and everybody has a fun time and goes home afterwards. So, uh, But, yeah, that's week two, guys. Uh, anything else that you want to talk about uh, for any storyline on week two, I guess, Trey? I don't know where Ryan went there. Yeah, um, no, I'm good. I think, you know, I hope it's as good as week one. You know, we had uh, three relatively, well, two really close games. And then, um, oh, poor Ryan's internet just crashed. So hopefully everything is fine. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll finish it up here. Um, <laughs> we'll go, keep going. Um, week one was hell of a week. You know, you had the two game winners um, in Calgary and Winnipeg. And then you had Saskatchewan, which... Again, the scoreboard uh, made it look like it was a little bit farther apart than what it was. And then just the blowout in BC. So that's all I really hope for is you keep having games like that. If it's going to be a blowout, I hope it's the BC kind of blowout where, you know, you see some guys like Rourke and, um, oh, they're running back. I'm skipping, forgetting their name right now, but that just oh, had Butler. days. Butler, Butler, yeah. So that's what I really hope for. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, and, um, you know, actually, I was just uh, kind of catching up on a, one other thing with Edmonton that's kind of a really cool idea. Uh, did you see, well, there's actually two things. One, the guaranteed weather price for the uh, game. That's kind of cool. So uh, I think you can buy your tickets for, like, $22 to go to an Edmonton Elks game, so that's kind of cool. Uh, the other thing also is, if you're a season ticket holder, you get uh, drawn out on the, uh, get a draw made, and if you're the right number and the right person, you get to get to flip the coin at the beginning of the game. That's awesome. I mean, simple thing to do, but boy, I, I wish Saskatchewan would do that. That'd be awesome to go and flip the coin. What do you guys think? I think it's cool. I think all of these things, I saw that weather pricing thing uh, and I was like, that is a very unique idea. And I would have laughed if it was like one degree outside and uh, <laughs> that's how much the tickets were. But uh, hey, Anything you can do to get people in the stands, uh, very happy about that. So, Trey? Oh, no. Yeah, I agree. That, that that was super cool. And, oh, I would love to go flip the coin. I just want to do I, – I, I've been going to season tickets for a while, and they always have those contests. And my section never gets picked. So, you know, to do anything like that I think would be super cool. 
Yeah, I know. I won. Uh, I won potato chips once in our section, and I mean that was the greatest day ever. But <laughs> that was about as much as uh, we got there in Saskatchewan. So, anyways, I think we're moving on now to. Uh, so what are we moving on to now, Ryan? Uh, we're moving on to the CFL fantasy content. Uh, let me just get it up here on the screen. Uh, I apologize, my internet connection dropped out there, so I'm not sure. Uh, if I was making a funny face while you guys continued talking for a bit, or if you started trash talking me or what, but uh, I'm here back. I'm ready to talk some CFL fantasy with you guys. Um, and uh, quick, quick refresher. Uh, I talked about it a little bit last week. Uh, you'll see some stuff. If you're watching our video feed over on YouTube or any of the other platforms, you'll see, uh, you'll see some charts here on the screen. And they're all based on my uh, CFL fantasy valuable production model. What it boils down to, if you want to get a 100-point week in CFL Fantasy, you want to have uh, 2.5 points for every $1,000 you spend. Uh, so that's kind of what you're looking for as you're looking through players. So let's start off and take a look at the quarterback options for the week and see who we like there. Uh, most expensive is Vernon Adams Jr. at $12,557, all the way down to Dane Evans, the least expensive at 7256 I find this one to be a tough week based on a lot of the matchups and the injuries. Like Zach Caleros didn't look fantastic last week. Uh, bit banged up. Bo Levi Mitchell, same thing here. Uh, you know, Vernon Adams Jr. against the Toronto defense we haven't seen yet. McLeod Bethel-Thompson with an offense we haven't seen yet. A home-and-home -home series between Winnipeg and Ottawa. What do you make of that? Nick Arbuckle, not even going to go there. Uh after last week's performance and against the Riders defense this week, yes, he's cheap. I don't like the play there. To me, it comes down to two options at the opposite ends of the spectrum. It's either you go Cody Fajardo of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders at $12,090. If you want to hit your full value from him, you're looking at getting over 30 points, though, uh, which is tough for a quarterback to hit. Nathan Rourke hit it last week. Fajardo hit about 26 Against this Edmonton defense, I think he certainly can. He runs with the ball a lot. He can pick up a rushing touchdown here and there. I like Fajardo if you have the room for a high-priced quarterback. I think he can hit mid-20s on points. I also like Dane Evans as a real underrated value play. Like He's a good quarterback. He's the cheapest one here. He's just $7,000. You want to get 18 points out of him? I know he only had nine last week, but I'm expecting a big bounce back from him this week. Maybe motivated by the birth of his new daughter, like we talked about before. Uh, so I like those two options. For Jardo, if you're going high-end price, or Dane Evans for the value play. What do you guys like at quarterback, uh, Trey? No, I was I like Dane Evans. I went with him last week. Um, I don't know. It's kind of jumping between him and Bethel Thompson right now, kind of more. I, I love your what you got going on here with this value play, but this fantasy, I'm just I'm just trying to get back to like one and one man in most of my leagues, right? So I'm just I'm probably gonna go with Bessel Thompson just because I want to see what he does with having that first week by, and I think he'll his offense will be firing good, and I think he's gonna have a lot of dump offs to Andrew Harris, right? So I'll pick up points. Uh, Adam, what about you? Well, you know, I was going to go with McCall Bethel Thompson this week, and I, I'm still thinking I might. It depends what I do here. I'm I'm debating either going really expensive and going Cody Fajardo just because look at the quarterback average versus the Edmonton Elks is 49.2. I mean, that's got to be tempting. I, I don't care. That That's pretty cool. But 12000 for Cody Fajardo, that's over a quarter of your money right there and then, and you're relying on one player to get you a lot of points. Did it last week. 
I don't know if I really am comfortable about it this week. I, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, McLeod Bethel Thompson, I want to see what he does with all these extra uh, pieces around him this year. And I want to see if that maybe helps him out quite a bit. And if it does, he's a, not a bad option for what uh, for what he's going for. And like you said before, Ryan, Dane Evans, I just, I just worry about him against Calgary is the only thing. Although he's had a pretty good average against him, I guess, in the past. Yeah, I, it's a tough week. I, I like McLeod Bethel-Thompson potentially as well. I'm not sure I'm going there week one myself, but he is, I think, more appealing than some of the other options. Like Zach Caleros is uh, a bit cheaper, but I'm not sure I'm going there uh, based on what we saw last week in the rematch against the same team uh, once again here who shut him down decently well the week before. Let's take a look at the options at running back. Uh, we have Andrew Harris making his first appearance in the double blue for the Argos, and he tops the price point at almost $11,000, uh, which I think is absurd of a CFL fantasy price for a guy playing his first game with a new team. I know he's got the credibility from, uh, you know, his uh, results of the past, but uh, you've got Kadeem Carey starting for Calgary. Hamilton, not really sure yet. Don Jackson was a little bit injured. Should, Sean Thomas Arlington could get the start here. James Wilder is starting in Edmonton. Jamal Morrow, the featured back in Saskatchewan. Winnipeg, I expect more of a time split between Oliveira and Augustine again. Neither really got anything going against Ottawa last week. Uh, and then you've got Jeshron Antwi at $4,500. Should be the starter and will be the starter for Montreal Thursday night. Had a good game last week. Devontae Williams, 2,500, a cheap starter for the Red Blacks because William Powell is still out. This was a hard position for me to pick. I don't like Harris at that high price. Uh, I want to see uh, his workload, how he gets used in this new offense form and not having Winnipeg's offensive line. Uh, Kadeem Carey, the other high-priced one. I liked what he did last week. He put up a good total. I don't know if he puts up two touchdowns every game, though. The Ryder... The Riders didn't get a whole lot running going against Hamilton. Hamilton's running backs I'm staying away from. Winnipeg's I'm staying away from right now. Edmonton against that Riders defensive line. I don't like James Wilder Jr. this week. The main two, three options I'm considering. Jamal Morrow at 53-13 is his price. You're looking for a bit over 13 points from him. He gets involved in the run game. He got involved in the pass game last week. And he returned some kicks, so he gets you some value there. He's a cheap running back going against an Elks team that could be punting quite a bit. Uh, so I, I like Jamal Morrow there as a play this week. I also like Jeshron Antwi. $4,500 for a starter who's getting all the carries and rattled one off for 70 yards last game. I, I like that play there as well. If you need to go really cheap, you can go Devontae Williams. Didn't work out amazingly last week. He only put up 4.4, but uh, you don't need a whole lot from him. So those are kind of the three guys I'm looking at but probably leaning towards Morrow and Antwi. Uh, what about you guys? Let's start with you this time, Adam. I think uh, you pretty much went and copied what I was actually having on my CFL fantasy sheet already. Uh, Jamal Morrow again, average versus opponents, uh, 44.1. Obviously, he loves the Edmonton Elks. I mean, to me, that's going to be an... And especially when you've seen... The results last week against James Butler and the Edmonton Elks. I, I should I should clarify here. The uh, average first opponent column is other teams this season against Edmonton. So that 44.1 oh. is because of James Butler in the last week. That's not Jamal Morris' career average against Edmonton. 
Well, that changes up a little bit here for me. That then, changes not- things a little bit. It's a it's a small sample size, but yes, the Elks have given up on average 44 points fantasy wise to running backs this season in the one game they've played. Okay. Now nah, you know what? It still doesn't change my mind much. Let's face it. Uh, Edmonton didn't look the greatest against the run game the other day there against James Butler. Um, I'm going to probably either throw Jamal Morrow or I might even throw Frankie Hickson in there. Uh, just as a uh, kind of a cheap, cheap option if I really need to. Uh, I think even he might get some games game going here this week. Um, I was thinking about Devontae Williams uh, from Ottawa, but then it dawned on me that uh, Jackson Jeffcoat's back, so there ain't going to be no running on the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers probably much this week. So, uh, yeah, that's probably one I would probably stay away from. Antwi's another good pick, though. I think that uh, Toronto's maybe a little bit weaker than they used to be in the uh, D-line. And uh, he'll take a little bit of an advantage of that. And he's going to take a lot of carries. Trey, what about you? Well, great minds all think alike and all geniuses are not appreciated in their time. I have uh, Joshuan Antwi and Jamal Moore already in my lineup. You know, they're the power. I think they're the plays, you know, not a lot of money. I, I could see Antwi getting a lot of yards uh, against uh, Toronto. And got a lot, lot, lot of the action, and same with uh, Morrow. I know the Saskatchewan's not a run-first team, but against Edmonton, they might be. You know, what I mean, they might have a lot. They might have to run down the clock in the third and fourth quarter if they're up twenty, right? And I don't think you're going to throw the ball to do that, but maybe Jason Moss does. So that that's exactly what I have in my lineup. Um, yeah, I think Andrew Harris. That's way overpriced. I, I I see where they're coming from. You know, the lead leader basically of yards over the last three, four seasons, especially combined. Um, yeah, I would never spend that much. And again, like James Wilder, I don't think really did much last week. Kadeem Carey, you never know what's going to go on in Hamilton. So yeah, I think lower end in the running back is definitely the play and save that money for either your quarterback or your uh, wide, uh, wide outs. Yeah, you can get Jamal Morrow and Josh Antwi for cheaper than you can get Andrew Harris, right? You can get a two-for-one deal there. And I think we're all on the same page. So same page. So is Simon in the chat. He says, you guys reading my screen. We're not. We're just all on, I think, what will be the right page this week. Of course, we have to wait for the action out on the field to uh, determine whether that's the case. Let's take a look at the wide receivers and let's break it down because there's so many team by team or game by game. First up, we've got Montreal and Toronto. Uh, the most interesting thing here for me is, uh, you know, Eugene Lewis was the leading receiver for Montreal last week. Jake Winicky, I put him in my lineup last week. He had a down game. His price has dropped a bit as a result. And that $7,500 is actually pretty, uh, uh, makes me salivate a little bit for a bounce back week for Jake Winicky here. I'm tempted to put him in my lineup, 18.9 points, you know. He gets a solid number of catches, puts a touchdown in there like he's known to do. I think he easily could hit that for you. A guy I think is a little bit overpriced is probably Chandler Worthy. He's not set to line up at receiver. He is just going to be handling return duties with Mario Alford out. $5,600 if you're Devontae Deadman last season. I'm putting that in my lineup. Not sure I'm spending that on returns only for Montreal. And... uh, I'll get your guys' takes here in a second, but looking at the Toronto side of the matchup, uh, you've got a couple of guys out due to injury this week. Eric Rogers, not in the lineup this week for Toronto. Adam, don't put him in your fantasy lineup this time like you did last week. Uh, Juwan Breskison also uh, out this week for Toronto. So 
You've got Brandon Banks is the most expensive receiver. And this may be the cheapest price we've ever seen Brandon Banks in CFL fantasy at almost $7,000. It's a very tempting pick, not going to lie. Not sure I'm going there yet, though, because I, I want to see a game from him. Uh, you've got Tavares Daniels, Curly Gittins Jr., Marky Thambles, Cameron Phillips getting a start there as well. Of all of the Toronto options, I love Curly Gittins Jr. He's the go-to option for McLeod Bethel-Thompson, was down the stretch last season. But these are a lot of similarly priced, similarly talented guys. And I think it might be hard to go in the direction of one of these in their first game of the year. Uh, Trey, what do you think on Montreal and Toronto? Who stands out to you? No, again, great minds think alike. You're talking about Jake Winicky, and he's sitting in my roster right now. I think uh, the money value is there. He did have a down game, but do you think he's going to have two down games in a row? guess we'll find out. And I was really impressed with that Montreal offense last week. I think... Uh, Burton Adams Jr. doing it with his arm and his legs. So I think he'll definitely get the ball around uh, to all his options, Adam. Uh, and then Toronto, I'm staying away from Toronto. You know, I don't know what Brandon Banks is going to do. You know, they had the week off, a um, lot of injuries. So I'm not too sure what they're, uh, what I'm going to do. Brandon Banks, if that 7,000 stays around, then I'm over the next few weeks. I'm definitely sure he might come in and out of my lineup on fantasy. But right now I want to see a game, Adam. Yeah, no, I think that's the one. If there is any in these two teams, I I don't know why, but I just have a funny feeling this is going to be a real defensive slugfest except for the run game. Uh, for me, for wide receivers, I mean, Brandon Banks for $7,000. You almost uh, look at that and think, well, the guy used to be like twelve to 14000 That's a deal. But yet you don't know what he's got for chemistry with McCall Bethel Thompson yet. So like you guys have been saying here, uh, he you, until you know maybe more what uh, Brandon Banks can do. If I have to, if I was had a gun to my head and I had to pick somebody, it might be Devaris Daniels. I think from the uh, Toronto Argonauts, uh, sixty six hundred and thirty four dollars, and uh, has some decent yardage and decent plays usually in him. I uh, had a good year, a uh, reasonable good year last year. So I, I would probably go with Tavares Daniels with her for anybody. I just don't have much faith yet in the Montreal uh, receiving core. I know Jake Wenicke is probably the right pick there, if anybody. Uh, I think Eugene Lewis is going to have a good game as well. But again, your dollar amounts, I think any of these I'm going to stay away from this week. Uh, unless I pick Eric Rogers and put him back into my uh, into my lineup for weekly. Uh, yeah, the only other guy maybe on Montreal for me, Reggie White Jr. I think he, you know, he hit his full value last week. He only need 8.9 points out of him. He's kind of the number three receiver there in Montreal. Could get some plays there if you're looking for a cheap Montreal receiver. Uh, second game, we've got the rematch between Winnipeg and Ottawa. And this is one where I don't know what direction to go because Greg Ellingson was the go-to guy last week, put up 19.4 points. He's almost $9,000. Seems like he could be Winnipeg's number one receiver this season. But it was a down game for Rashid Bailey and Nick Dembski, and you have to think they're not going to have too many of those in a row, and there's going to be a bit of a bounce back, and some of those catches are probably going to be taken away from Greg Ellingson as a result. Drew Olatarski was held scoreless last week. Dalton Schoen had a pretty good game, 12.2 points, basically doubled the value you need. He's still $2,500. He didn't rise at all. Honestly, he's the bomber I'm most looking to put in my lineup here, potentially. Like, if you can get a guy that's a starting receiver, was featured heavily in the offense, and he could be again this week. Like, you put a $2,500 receiver in your fantasy lineup, and it doesn't work out. You're missing out on top six points to try to hit that 100-point mark. You can make that up easily at another position. So, 
I think it's high risk or low risk, high reward for Dalton shown on the Bombers side of things. On the Ottawa side of things, Jalen Acklin was uh, the top receiver last week, put up 20.3 points uh, at his price, just under $7,000. You need 17.5 from him. There's a lot of interesting options here for Ottawa. I like Jalen Acklin the most because he's most familiar with uh, Jeremiah Mazzoli. Uh, they've got the chemistry. They missed on the one deep ball last week. I'm sure they practiced that this week and they're going to try to hit it again this time. Uh, so I like Jalen Acklin. Darvin Adams had seven catches for 70 yards last week. Uh, should be a go-to receiver there. I think his price is decent for his role that I think he'll play in this offense here as well. And Shaq Johnson actually didn't have too bad of a game, put up 14.3 last week. So I'm kind of tempted, you know, to put one of these guys, uh, Jalen Acklin, Darvin Adams, into my lineup. I've been flip-flopping which one I think will have the better week, but I kind of like these plays against a beat-up Winnipeg secondary. Uh, what do you guys think? Adam, let's go to you first. Yeah, I really like Shaq Johnson on Ottawa for $4,300. It's not a big pile of money, and, I mean, you're getting very good output for that. Uh, you look at a guy just above him, Darvin Adams, uh, he's an extra uh, $1,200, $1,300, and you're getting the same kind of uh, uh, performance on the average right now from him. Uh, I would probably, if I'm looking for a fairly reasonable back, I probably would go uh, Shaq Johnson. Over on the Winnipeg side, though, I just do not see Nick Dembski having two games like that. Uh, I just, I may, and again, a little bit higher of price to compare to maybe like Dalton showing. Dalton showing, I mean, that's a steal. I, I might even try to figure out how we get that one in there. But, uh, and that might be my play as if I go for Cody Fajardo later on, that might be where I have to go with for my wide receiver. But uh, yeah, I, I, myself, I think Nick Dembski is going to have a game on uh, tomorrow or on uh, Friday night, I guess, and uh, should really ball out. I think he's probably worth the 6000 Uh Trey, what about you? Yeah, sticking with Winnipeg, I agree. Dalton's shown. He's been my flex guy last week. He's going to be my flex guy this week. And he keeps playing this way. He's going to be a fan favorite in Winnipeg pretty quick. You know, a guy who he doesn't even have his picture up on the website yet. And he's making big, or, uh, picking up some big plays for the Bombers. Um, Yeah, me too. I was jumping between Nick Dembski and Darvin Adams. Those are kind of the two guys I was trying to fill out in my other receiver spot. I agree with both of you. I can't see Nick Dembski having a bad game two weeks in a row. Um, maybe you watch this Ottawa defense focus more on Ellingson and Dalton shown. So maybe opens up some space for Dembski You never know. So I'm really interested to see that. So yeah, right now I got Dembski and, and Dalton shown from the bombers in my receiver core. I'm expecting a bounce back game from Dembski. My only concern there of stacking the two Winnipeg receivers is Zach Kolaros doesn't throw for high yardage, right? So unless you're getting touchdowns from these guys, uh, they're going to spread the ball around a little bit. And I may not stack that there necessarily, but uh, hoping to see a bounce back game from these guys. Let's move on to Calgary and Hamilton. Uh, Reggie Bagleton, one of the biggest disappointments of the week last week, put up just 4.3 points. Kamar Jordan, an underwhelming week as well. The two guys that led the way for Calgary were coming at a middle price. Uh, Richie Sandani, just under $4,700, put up 17.1 last week. Malik Henry also had a touchdown in a good game, 15.5 for him. And he comes in at $4,500. Those are kind of two guys I'm looking at also as a decent middle-priced option. I think Henry did leave practice with an injury today, so you have to check the depth charts there. 
I'm still staying away from Bagleton and Kamar Jordan at the prices they're at right now with the unknowns of Bowie by Mitchell. Also, I think the Ticats defense shut things down decently well against the Riders for much of the game. Uh, a lot of the cheaper options here, it's hard to see, you know, how much they're going to get in Calgary's offense. I don't think any of the $2,500 plays is going to jump off the sheet necessarily consistently for you, but might do enough to get you a couple of points. But I like Sindani. I like Henry on Calgary's side. On Hamilton's side, I still think Braylon Addison is way expensive at over $10,000. Uh, last week, he had a good week, put up 16 points, but that was still 10 short of what you need for his price, basically to hit your value. Tim White, disappointing week last week. I put him in my lineup. It didn't work out. 3.8 points for him at uh, $6,000 salary. He needs to have a bounce back game. I'm not willing to go back to the well on Tim White again this week. I need to see the bounce back for him. Uh, Stephen Dunbar Jr. Maybe the option I mo like most here on, in the Ticats receiving. He had a long play to him, I think, last game. A big touchdown there. I think he had another touchdown that got called back due to penalty. Could be the red zone guy here for the Tie Cats uh, at uh, just under six thousand dollars in CFL fantasy. Uh, Trey, uh, what do you think on uh, Hamilton and Calgary? Yeah, these are two teams I generally stayed away from. Um, I just lost my team here, uh, only because again with the value, I think Braylon Addison. That's a lot of money to put up there. Like you said, uh, Tim White didn't exactly have the week last week. So Hamilton was one team I stayed away from. And, you know, you're not sure about Dane Evans. You know, he was kind of all over the place last week. So see that. And then with Calgary, I don't know about Bo. So I kind of want to stay away from Calgary's receiving core. Again, really high-priced guys in Bagleton and Jordan. And, you know, they have to make a lot of points to get your value. And um, so I don't know. This was one game I kind of stayed away from this weekend. Adam? Actually, I stayed away from both of these teams, too. If I was going to have to pick some guys, though, uh, Sean Bain from Calgary, I mean, it's $2,510. You can't call him right at the league minimum. Uh, but uh, had a little bit of yardage, 6.2 yards average, which wasn't bad. Uh, so it, if you want to take the chance and you think Bo Levi is healthy, uh, Colton Gunchak is injured this week. I think he's going to be out. So Bain might not be a little bad of an option for 2510 bucks. Uh, over on the Hamilton side of the ball, uh, I am looking at David Unger. Uh, like I said, $2,500. Again, cheap receiver. And I let's face it, yeah, they had a bad week last week, the receiving core for Hamilton. I think they're going to have a little bit of a bounce back week. I just don't know which guy again. Uh, but they have some cheap options. Poppy White, uh, $2,920, 10.4 yards average. I mean, that's not bad. Probably result for what you're going to get out of that. Uh, same thing with Jake Burt. I think one of those three guys is probably going to be the pick this week, but I just don't know which one, so I'm going to stay away from Hamilton. And uh, if you haven't noticed, I've stayed away from Hamilton, Calgary, Winnipeg, uh, Ottawa, Montreal, Toronto. There's probably a reason behind that. Let's see what we got for the next one. Yeah, well, I think that takes us right into our next game here. We've got the Edmonton Elks and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Let's take a look at the Edmonton side of things here. I think you might be hard-pressed to take an Elks receiver uh, based on their offensive output last year and the defense they're facing. Kenny Waller is the most expensive at $8,606, put up 12.2 points in his Elks debut last week. You need 21.5 to hit your 100-point uh, value threshold there. I don't like that price. Darrell Walker, I did uh, see some promising things last week, fell just short of his price, 
If the Elks offense gets going, I like to think Darrell Walker is going to be a big part of that this week if it all of a sudden does. I'm not willing to chance it, though, uh, right now, most likely. The only one maybe I'd put in here is Jalen Marshall. I think he was returning kicks last week for Edmonton, so he got some return yardage, also got involved in the offense a little. Another cheap play at $2,600. If you want to take a chance on uh, Edmonton here, maybe uh, go for the cheap play in Jalen Marshall. Uh, I don't like uh, Manny Arsenal, Mike Jones, or Shy Ross at this point for the Elks. On the Riders' side of things, uh, well, a lot will depend on uh, the health of Duke Williams, I think, of how this week goes. He's at $9,553. Uh, not a great week for him price-wise last week. Like Adam said earlier, he was drawing a lot of extra coverage, and I think being the decoy guy, um, I'm looking for a bounce back, especially against that Elk secondary. If Duke Williams is in the lineup and I have money to spend at wide receiver, He's probably the high-priced, 9,000-plus-priced receiver I'm most likely to put in my lineup this week. But the injury does concern me a little bit, and I do like the number of targets Shaq Evans got last week at $6,100. He got a lot of targets his way. I I don't know if he got a touchdown. I don't believe he did last week. I could be wrong on that one. Um, Adam's shaking his head no. Uh, so, you know, add that in there. I think he can hit his value. You guys convinced me. You talked him up big time last week. Uh, Keon Schaefer-Baker also still a value play at $4,500. The other options, you know, Pickton, McKinnis, Crawl, $2,500. Not necessarily favoring one of those over the other. I like Shaq Evans. I like Keon Schaefer-Baker as mid, uh, mid to high priced receivers. Adam, let's start with you on, uh, the Riders and the Elks here. Uh, who do you like? Well, I think I'm going to probably end up taking uh, probably a few Edmonton out. No, I'm kidding. I'm not. Um, I'm going to take uh, Shaq Evans again like I did last week. Got me some good yardage, and I think he's just ready to go off. And especially if Duke Williams isn't there, he's going to have to be the guy to catch some footballs. And let's face it, I think with Cody Fajardo wanting to prove that he's got something in Edmonton, that could be a very good pickup there. Shaq Evans, Keon Shaver-Baker again. Canadian that just absolutely can seem to do it all. Uh, last week, he was trying to learn how to fly it for uh, over top of one of the Hamilton players. And uh, yeah, no, I'll take him. Uh, the other one I'm looking at, this is where I'm going to be debating myself a little bit this week, is do I go with Dalton Schoen, like I just said a little bit earlier, go with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, or do I take a chance on Jacob Prawl? Last week, he had some pretty nice catches and could be an X-factor, kind of a sleeper play. Uh, I don't mind Jacob Prohl also for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. In Edmonton, I last week I did take Manny Arsenal, uh, and I don't know why I took Manny Arsenal. I thought maybe he was just going to light up the BC Lions for something to do, but uh, apparently I was wrong. Uh, so really, I can't see anybody really on the Edmonton Elks that I'd be really excited and jumping over. So, uh, Trey, what about you? No, I can't lie. I'm not going to take any of this for Edmonton receiving core as well. On the Saskatchewan side, you know, I kind of forgot. I was watching the game, and then I kept seeing that hyphenated name, and I'm like, why does that name sound familiar? Because the guy it's Adam talks about on the show. And now he got me thinking, maybe I'll put Schaefer Baker in instead of some other guy in my receiving core. You know, he picked up some good plays. Like I said, every play, I was watching the highlights, and the little bit I watched the game live, it was that long hyphenated name on the back of the jersey getting up after a big catch, right? So... I might take him. Um, yeah, definitely. 
you know, you said Shaq Evans too. If there's an injury to Duke Williams would definitely be something to look at. So those are the two guys in green and white. All right, let's take a look at the defenses quickly to round out the uh, the fantasy talk here. Uh, Winnipeg's the most expensive at forty one fifty nine. The Riders' defense is thirty seven eighty five, and then everybody else on the board is at thirty two hundred dollars. I can tell you the play not to go this week is probably the Edmonton Elks, who put up negative four points last week. I hope to see them break even and at least uh, get above zero this week, but uh, I don't. I'm not going to that well until we see some improvement there. Uh, the defense you strongly have to consider taking here is the Saskatchewan Rough Riders at thirty-seven eighty-five. It's only five hundred bucks cheaper than one of the cheapest ones uh, or more expensive. Um, 22 points last week by the Riders defense against ha- what I consider to still be a pretty decent Hamilton team going up in a- against an Edmonton team that looked looked terrible last week. Uh, Nick Arbuckle, I think, had three interceptions. Uh, yeah, I like the Riders defense as the top pick here as well. Uh, what do you guys think on the defenses this week? And, uh, if the Riders is the consensus one here of the cheap $3,200 plays, uh, which one of those stands out to you as a potential option this week? Uh, let's go to you first, Trey. Yeah, I'll be honest. I'm going to be between Winnipeg or Saskatchewan. Um, but between the other ones, hmm, you know, let's see here. I, I would take Ottawa. You know, they kept Winnipeg to 17 points last week. And you'd think after another week of game film, they might be able to do that the same. I think this game is going to be a close one. I could see it definitely be, uh, you know, 1920 kind of game like last week. And, uh, but I, it, again, on my thing, I'm going to probably take Saskatchewan or Winnipeg, but yeah, I could see Ottawa if I'm not trying to be too much of a homer. Uh, Adam, what about you? Well, I'm taking Saskatchewan. I mean, for the defense last week, I made a terrible, terrible mistake after Trey convinced me, all oh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, they got a great defense. You should take their defense. And I'm like, Yep, I'm taking their defense, and then when I'm sitting at Mosaic Stadium, uh, drinking a fountain pop for five and a half or six bucks, and sitting there and saying, why did I listen to Trey? Anyways, uh, so yeah, Saskatchewan's my pick, but out of the $3,200 ones, I'm going to probably take Calgary Stampeders. Um, I think that their defense is pretty good, and I mean, they're usually traditionally pretty strong up against the Ticats. Uh, Dane Evans, again, I really question his throwing abilities sometimes. Uh, sometimes he's really great and sometimes he's really off. A, if I had to pick a $3,200 option, it would be the Stampeders. Yeah, and they had the best week out of all of them last uh, week with seven points on the board for the Stampeders there. Uh, I would agree with that take there. Well, that's all we've got for our uh, our fantasy options here this week. Of course, uh, if you want to play uh, CFL Fantasy alongside of us, uh, we do have a public league, the Canadian Football Countdown. You can find that on the CFL Fantasy site. Join us alongside there. We are also, the three of us are all playing in the CFL Podcast Fantasy League. This week, uh, I've got Brazilian tie of the 2 and out CFL Podcast looking to exact some revenge on Adam's behalf after you uh, his loss last week, so I will t- I will try to try to get uh, us back on top here, Adam. On your behalf, uh, who else have we got here, Adam? You've got uh, Daltz from the Rouge Radio podcast. He went one to know last week, so trying to hand him his first loss. 
And Trey, you've got Rod from the Wood Cookie Sawcast. Uh, both of you looking for your first win of the season. Uh, sounds like you guys are going a good direction with your lineups here. I think we're on the same page for a lot of things, so we'll see if this week works out for all of us. Of course, check out all these other great CFL podcasts. Make sure you check out the ones in the Canadian Football Podcast Network at CF Pod Network on Twitter. In our little fantasy league here on the podcast, uh, looks like the only roster change from last week is uh, Mike has put William Stanback on his injured list. No surprise there. Uh, no waiver wire pickups. So everybody rolling with the same rosters in week two. We'll see how the lineups uh, shake out there. Of course, you can follow along with everything going on with CFL Fantasy. Uh, follow us on Twitter at CF Countdown Pod for that. Now we get into, uh, to round up the show, we get into our picks and we get into our bets here. And uh, for that, we uh, send you over to our resident betting expert, uh, Trey, take it away. I love that title. Uh, just a quick recap. Last week, uh, we, all three of us went three and one. So if anyone's playing along at home, you would have made some money if you agreed with some of us. Um, we disagreed on a couple games, but all ended up on the same record. This week, this is a tough week, guys. I had no... I still kind of, everything's written in pencil until we go through this, but we'll kick off the Thursday nighter. Montreal at Toronto. Toronto uh, got, is favored by three and a half. Um, I've been hemming and hawing about this one all day. Like, which, are we going to get Ottawa who only loses, or Montreal, sorry, who only loses by a couple points again? Or are we going to get Toronto coming out and scoring big? I'm going to go Montreal to cover. I'm going to go on a limb here and say, they might even outright win this one. Um, let's go with Ryan first. Yeah, I kind of like that pick too. I, I I feel like I'm probably, if I'm just going for straight up picks, I'm probably leaning Toronto here, but I don't know if I'm leaning that direction enough to pick them against the spread because I think Montreal can make it close. I think Montreal could also win this game. This one's a bit of a toss-up for me. How flat does Toronto come out? After the week one by, we haven't seen them play a regular game yet. Uh, a lot of interesting new pieces there. And uh, Montreal's got to come out and perform to, uh, you know, put uh, put your money where your mouth is uh, for their owner there. So, uh, uh, yeah, I'll take Montreal, I guess, against the spread here. But if I was going straight up, I'd take the Argos at home. How about you, Adam? I'm sorry, Trey. What was that uh, number one score? Uh, three and a half. Minus three and a half for Toronto. I think that the Toronto Argonauts will cover that and they will uh, they will actually uh, win outright on this one. The reason being is uh, I think that the Argonauts have a lot to prove this year. I think that the with with uh, McCall Bethel Thompson, he wants to show that he's earned that first overall uh, starting position. He's never had it before and he wants to show that he's done well. And same thing also with uh, with Brandon Banks. I think Brandon Banks has a point to prove in this in the East. And unfortunately, his victim might be the Montreal Alouettes. Alouettes again have an injury on their in their running back, and I don't care who is in the backfield for the Montreal Alouettes. It's not William Stanback. Uh, I think that he's probably the guy that I would say uh, probably would be the biggest difference in this, and that's why I will go with the Argos outright to uh, beat the Alouettes. I like it, guys. You know. It's a, this was a tough one, like when I said, but it only gets harder. Next, we go to the rematch Friday night, Winnipeg going into Ottawa. They give, um, sorry, Winnipeg's minus two and a half favorite over Ottawa at home. I'm going to go with Ottawa again. I'm, I think again, they could, this is one I was actually debating going outright if, uh, for real betting, 
just because it's a little bit, you make a little bit more money if Ottawa wins and it's really tough to go against the home team. Um, I'm going to go Ottawa. Adam, what about you? I'm going to actually go with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. As crazy as that sounds. Uh, I think the Bombers are going to come out and just absolutely, again, show the tape. We're not that team that was there last week. We've got Jeff Coat back. We've got other pieces back that are going to be helping them a little bit. And I think that they're going to start establishing a run game here. Nick Dembski's got a point to prove as well. He had a bad game and he doesn't want to show off two times in a row. No matter if it's in Ottawa or in uh, Winnipeg, I'm going to go with Winnipeg this week to uh, cover. I'm uh, this one was actually the second easiest probably for the week for me to pick. And uh, I'm taking Ottawa against the spread. I'm taking Ottawa straight up in this game. Uh, it's a home and home series. I generally, over the history of this podcast, have picked a split because that's more common in those. And I think Ottawa played a solid game last weekend. I, I think they're going to clean up some of those mistakes uh, and uh, capitalize on them here. I think it's a good team, and we're going to see why this week as they uh, take down the defending champs uh, in their home opener. So give me Ottawa straight up in this game. Now, I, I like it. The two Bomber fans are uh, going against the home team here. You never bet on, you're never supposed to bet on your favorite team because when they win, you bet on them and they lose. You don't like them and you bet on them to lose and you start cheering for them to lose. But I think ah, that one's going to be a tough one. But anyway, let's go to Saturday. Uh, Calgary in Hamilton. Hamilton favored only by one, pretty close to just to pick them. I'm going to take the Tie Cats at home. Um, my mind's playing. I like what they did against Saskatchewan up to a point. It was a pretty close game. Now you give them home field. Calgary, again, was a team that almost lost to Montreal. It's going to be a very close one, so I'm going to edge towards Hamilton. Let's go to Ryan this time. This one was the hardest one, I think, for me this week because you've got a Hamilton team that I expect to be better, a Calgary team that I was very high on coming into the year, so... I think this one's close either way. I mean, the line is a point here, so there's not much to uh, give. You're basically got to pick this outright uh, for the most part, right? So, um, hmm. give me Hamilton, I guess, at home with the home field advantage. I feel like this is a split really either way. So, uh, some injury question marks for Bo Levi Mitchell. I think the Ticats are better than what they showed last week and are going to have a good bounce back game here. I just, the only thing that makes me question if I should pick Calgary or not is Bo Levi Mitchell. Uh, if he's healthy, I'm picking the Stamps. Uh, I don't see there being any reason why he couldn't win this game. Uh, even, you know, him on a, on a 80%, I think that he can make enough throws here. That uh, And Hamilton really, really, their, their defense impressed me a little bit, but their offense just, just stunk it up a little bit too much for me in Saskatchewan to kind of be confident in them. Uh, I think they're going to have a better game, but being as it's only a point, I'm going to go with the Stampeders. All right, crazy. Me and uh, me and Ryan sticking the same. Adam going the other way, so <laughs> we're going to have different standings for sure going uh, next week. Uh, last game, this is a biggie. This is another one I had some tough time with because it's kind of big. Uh, Saskatchewan going into Edmonton. Saskatchewan minus eight. Uh, Edmonton, the uh, underdog, plus eight at home. I'm going to go with the Rough Riders. Um, I think this one, I didn't like the big line last week when, when, it was, when Winnipeg and Ottawa just because I didn't think that those teams were that far apart, and it turned out they weren't. But I do think these two teams are 
this far apart unless Chris Jones can really have a quick turnaround this week with his defense. Um, Adam, what about you? What do you think the green and white's going to do against the green and yellow? Usually I, uh, I don't want to bet against my team, but uh, no, I'm, I'm not betting against my team. I think that the Rough Riders, uh, let's face it, they had a pretty good, uh, they, they started to get the offense clicking in the fourth quarter against the Elks, or against the uh, Ticats, sorry. And um, the, the Elks just looked helpless in BC. I didn't think BC was that great of a team. I thought more of ha- Edmonton was just that bad. And I hate to be that guy because I know I just got a good Twitter follower that probably will be very upset with my pick. But with uh, regardless, I'm I'm gonna have to go with Saskatchewan my even with the eight and a half. Give me Edmonton straight up in this game. I'm kidding. That is not happening. I am also going with Saskatchewan, even against the eight point difference here. Uh, Adam lost his mind there for a sec. <laughs> Um, no, I, look, I think the Elks are going to be better. I'm not sure it's by week two here. Uh, I think the Riders are the better team. I think the Riders are going to have a better week offensively as well. Can they put up eight sacks, four or five turnovers again? I don't know. Probably not. You'd probably see a step back from the defense, but I think the offense, uh, is going to be much more efficient, uh, against the worst defense in Edmonton. So, uh, give me the Riders, uh, covering the spread. All right, like uh, just for fun, if you were to bet on every underdog outright to win $10, which would be, uh, let's see here, Edmonton, Calgary, Ottawa, and Montreal, $390.55 on play now. So never count out those underdogs. But with what we got here, if we did a $10 bet, Ryan and me, myself, are at $135.84 if we win. Adam is at $130.08. Again, that's if you parlay all four together. Uh, but now single game betting, you know, just bet on each of them individually. And like I said, if you stuck with us last week, three and one is all around. So you made money. That's all I got for uh, week two. Right on. And of course, uh, bet responsibly. Do not do not bet the house. Do not bet the farm on uh, what we say here on the podcast, even though we did have a good week. And uh, also with our fantasy advice as well. And make sure you check the depth charts before each of these games, before you make your picks and your bets as well, because that can change a whole lot there. Uh, I think that does it for our week two preview here. So let's start getting into wrapping up the show here. Let me pull it up on my screen. Let's take a look at what's coming up next here on the podcast. Uh, Monday night, it's our weekly recap. Uh, We'll take a look at uh, the four games from this weekend, talk through them all, make our pick our players of the week, update our power rankings uh, and talk about any other CFL news. You can join us live uh, on YouTube, the Canadian football countdown, Facebook, dot com slash cf countdown pod twitter at cf countdown pod twitch.tv slash cf countdown pod and on the game time tv youtube page shout out to our presenting sponsor there uh so that's monday night same time 9 p.m winnipeg 8 p.m 8 p.m saskatchewan uh adjust to other time zones accordingly and then on wednesday night uh we'll be back here again with a preview just like this one previewing everything from week number three uh as i mentioned you can find the podcast on social media twitter at cf countdown pod uh make sure you check out all the other great shows from around the canadian football podcast network as well at cf pod network on twitter uh where can guys find you guys on social media adam let's start with you 
Well, you can find me at Adam Stewart one. I'll be sitting around probably this evening and celebrating a game one victory in overtime against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, thank you, Andre Barakowski. Anyways, I'll just uh, leave it at that. We might have to do a watch party one day here for game four or when it's an elimination game here, Ryan. And, uh, oh, yeah. Watch okay. live with Adam and Ryan. Yeah, that, that would end well. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, no, you can find me at Adam Stewart 1. We'll talk hockey, talk CFL, talk uh, uh, farming, and, you know, whatever else is going on. Trey, how about where people can find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Trey MB Harness. I'm uh, one of the go-to guys for horse racing in the province. Well, I wouldn't say that, but definitely harness racing. Um, and, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, if you can't catch me here, you can catch me watching Assiniboia Downs. You can catch me watching harness racing all week. Uh yeah, and anything you can bet on, UFC, hockey, football, talk to me, Star Wars, Marvel, you know, Obi-Wan last night. Anyone wants to talk to me about Obi-Wan, hit me up. It was great. Um, yeah, that's where you can find me, at Trey MB Harness. Right on, guys. Uh, four games, Adam? Let's not go there. Um, you, can find me on, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter, at CooperTrooper42, uh, talking CFL, CFL Fantasy, uh, maybe a bit of hockey here as well. Uh, hoping the Lightning can bounce back and make this a good series here in the finals. Uh, for the podcast, uh, whatever podcast platform you're listening on, we always appreciate if you do all the fun things, such as like, comment, rate, review, subscribe, share the show with your friends, help us grow the show. Join us live in the live chat. If you're listening to the podcast version, make sure you subscribe over on YouTube. Uh, we stream these live every Monday and Wednesday night. doesn't come out in the podcast feed till the next morning, so you get earlier access. You also get to join us live and chime in on the chat. Uh, we love getting comments and questions there along the way as well. Always appreciate anybody who listens or watches the show. Uh, enjoy week number two in the CFL. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening. On behalf of Trey Colbeck, Adam Stewart, I say take care. Have a good one. Bye.